We're back for another episode of ODRC Voices, and today we're sitting down for kind of a unique perspective, a unique discussion um, that we haven't really had before, and, and a husband and wife sitting down and, and talking with us today, and, and just talking about how incarceration impacts family, um, how to handle it, and how your marriage has really evolved over time, and how you have bucked the trends and made it work. Um, so I'll start with you. Uh, talk to me a little bit about being incarcerated and having your husband on the outside. What is it? What have the struggles been for you? Um, one of the biggest struggles is communication. Not because we don't get to talk every day or we email or we write. It's because communication, 50% of communication is seeing someone, reading the body language, looking at the facial expression. So when you have that 15 minute phone call once a day or maybe twice a day if there's an emergency, um, you're not getting all of the information that you're used to receiving. So um, communication is one of the biggest struggles. Um, for my husband and I, one of the biggest things is we don't have children right now. And so we can't distract ourselves with a conversation about the kids. It's gotta be about our relationship, what's going on. And, and some days it really isn't it's just a, this is what happened today and this is what's going on and there's not much more to, to do for that day and accepting that's okay. Mm-hmm. That it doesn't have to be a warm, flowery, loving, oh, I feel so fantastic experience because that's not real life. That's not real life at home. You don't, every experience you have with your spouse isn't, oh, it's wonderful. That's not how life is. and. Just readjusting that because you desire it more when you're here because you don't get that physical part of the conversation. So um, I think that's the biggest struggle. And when we talk about incarceration, a lot of the focus is understandably put on those who are incarcerated. Um, and unfortunately, there's not a, a great discussion nationally about the families on the outside. What have, has the last almost decade been like for you? Well, <laughs> I mean... The first, the first thing is, is there's no manual for this. There's nothing that says, you know, you, um, we talked about earlier, uh, most people's experience with the entire system is incidental at best. You, you don't ever grow up and say, hey, this is the way life is going to be. And then one day something happens. And to be honest, as, as sometimes slow as the system is, it comes as a complete surprise. The day that they take your spouse away, you, there's no way you can prepare for it. You can sit there and think about it for weeks, but you really don't, to be honest. You, you don't. It just doesn't seem real. And then they do it. There's no manual for that. There's nowhere that it says, well, when this happens, this is what you do. When this happens, this is what you do. This is how you prepare. So uh, the first thing you're going to have to figure out is it requires that you have to be a self-starter uh, because... Most people, when they take someone out of your life, particularly in this situation, it's not like it's not like you could just pick up the phone. You know, oh hey, I'm missing you. Oh hey, um, where did you leave this thing? Or where did you leave that thing? Or hey, do you remember the, that paper we needed to do for this, that, or the other? You can't pick up the phone and make that call, and they can't pick up the phone. And then you compound that with the fact that. Communication in and out of 
I can only imagine any prison facility, but specifically this one, and only because that's my experience, um, it's difficult at best. And when you're new at this, you, you, you don't even know how to begin. Now, when we first started about 10 years ago, there was no email system. There was nothing like that. Uh, and there really wasn't the ability for phone calls. Um, it was very expensive. Uh, I mean, prohibitively so. Uh, not to mention the fact that most people who are in this situation, you've already got legal fees, you've already got expenses that, you know, you're, you know, in my situation, you know, I had a good job, I was making good money, still making good money, obviously, you know, not tremendous, I was, you know, <laughs> I do okay, but, um, so I was able to afford the phone calls, but there's no directions on how to do it, how do you set it up, you have to set it up, you have to deal with a system that's difficult, uh, getting in to visit, uh, on the county side of it, because everyone goes to you know mm -hmm. some kind of local facility, that's I mean that's fortunately that didn't last long. So figuring that system out and then figuring this system out were two things. So um, you know there there were some online uh, you know like uh, not bulletin boards that's a really old school <laughs> term uh, blog sites sure. wh where there was some information but most of it's wrong, uh, most of it isn't easy to access. And so you go to the the uh, ODRC site, and at that time it was it wasn't that it was wrong; it was just um, like reading stereo instructions. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you waded through a lot of stuff and picked out certain pearls of wisdom mm. that you were then able to apply. And that's why I say you have to be kind of a self-starter because uh, nobody's going to show you how to do this. Nobody's going to tell you how to do this, and if you don't, it becomes too easy to not. That's the big thing. You have to start. You have to start at a high level because it's too easy to fall off. Mm -hmm. And so, if you don't visit, if you don't make those efforts, if you don't do that, then it just becomes a habit. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't know if that answers your Absolutely. question. Absolutely, that's probably too long. But uh, <laughs> what was it? Well, let me rephrase this. I'll start with you. On the day that you first went to prison, and you found out how long you were going to be away. What were your expectations for your marriage at that point in time? Um, so I was sentenced um, on a Friday, and I spent two weeks in county jail right before, right at Thanksgiving time. Um, I I didn't even believe the number, like what I was sentenced. Like it was just so astounding. I I didn't know, and at that point. Um, I didn't have any expectations. I didn't know. I had no idea what it looked like. I guess at that time, early on, I just expected us to be who we are, which is my husband's my best friend. So um, I continued to just, you know, in county I was able to call more frequently. You know, the calls I don't think were as expensive. Yeah. No, as, not, not from there it was. Yeah. But when I... I didn't even know about the calls at that point, so I remember yeah, the phone so, rang. Yeah, we uh -oh. were so oblivious uh -huh. to how it worked. Um, I knew enough, or I figured out enough from the people I was um, in county jail with to, so that my husband knew when I was taken to prison, mm -hmm. you know, I left, okay, this is his phone number. Yeah, He's, somebody else called me and said... Because hey. they turn off the phones before you go and you can't... How does my spouse know that I'm no longer in county jail? They right, don't even, right, because I would, I would have never known. And, and they don't contact anybody. They just take you. Yeah. And so, Which if anybody's listening, that's a, that's a pretty fatal flaw. If you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you don't even know that. Um, so I get here, 
I get my stuff. I'm in this stunned state of I have no idea what's going on. I have people around me in admissions. Okay, I gotta sit up. You gotta help me. You know, it just kind of you have this community feel, and then I'm sitting up. I'm a person that reads the manual, so I'm up half the night reading the handbook. How is my husband going to get to me? Um, I was lucky enough that my county let me bring my envelopes and paper with me, so right. I'm writing the entire manual how to Let's send how for my husband to come see me. Well, then the handbook was wrong. And it said, in order for anybody to come, they have to have your marriage license and you have to prove all of these things. So I'm writing all of these things. So my first day in prison was just overwhelming of how can I, I mean, I don't have a pen number, I can't call home. He doesn't even know I'm here. And I had to rely on a perfect stranger in county jail to call him. Which they did. Yeah, they did. No, that was a good thing. Um, I don't know where they are, but good on them. uh, Yeah, they did do that. And I I told him, this is who's going to call. Nobody else should be calling you, you know, because you got to worry about somebody going to try to call your Mm -hmm. spouse and and, um, exploit that. But I did all these things that first night, just knowing he's going to come see me, just knowing. I don't know if I had an expectation other than I knew he would be there. Um, And by the time I got to my case manager in admissions a couple of days later, to talk to them about, okay, I need a visiting form, I understand I'm supposed to bring you this, and and she goes, oh, um, yeah, your spouse has already contacted me, he already understands how to send money, he already knows these things. So when my husband speaks of being a self-starter, as soon as he got the call that I was coming, he was already making plans, figured out what phone number he needed, where he needed to call, and was figuring that, that out amazing. on his end. I mean. The lawyer I had before I came here um, gave me a little bit of information, and I'm a researcher by nature, so I even went on the ORW website and I looked at jobs. Oh, look, this job exists. When I got here, that job hadn't existed for like two years, and so those things were kind of difficult. Um, I was told, you know, that I could have a home box, which is getting clothing and things from home. Well, that used to be the way it was. Yeah. The year I got here was the year that it was ending, starting January right. of 2007, that stopped. But I was so prepared. I, I made a stack of things that, okay, now, honey, <laughs> this is what we can send. And this is, so we did what we could to prepare. And my expectation was that would continue at that time. For you, as soon as that happened, as soon as sentencing went down and she came to prison, what was most important to you? What What did you, of everything that you had to get done, what did you walk away thinking, this is what this is what I have to do going forward? Well, I mean, you know, the thing about it is, is you don't, it's, I mean, a lot of it depends on who you are, what you are. I mean, I, you know, when I grew up, um, you're, you're, the expectation was is you provided for the family, you took care of the family, you know, you protected the people in your care. Uh, and so, you know, when that changes and changes in such a dramatic fashion, your first thought is, you know, how, how do I do, how do I do that? How do I, now how do I do that? How do I make sure she's safe? How do I make sure she's okay? Because, uh, you know, I, you know, knowing what I know now, obviously 10 years down the road, I, I, I would have a different feeling for how it would work. But you, you, you think about prison and, you know, you think about all the stereotypes mm-hmm. and, and 
to, to be blunt, there may be places in the world where those are even completely true. It's not here. I mean, really and truly, it's it's not. Most of the people are just decent people who've made bad decisions, and there but for the grace of God go I. Um, and so, but but that's your first thought is how do I how do I provide for that? And we we talked a little bit about it, but we didn't really talk a whole lot about it because to be honest, it wasn't real. And to, to be completely blunt, our expectation on the sentencing was so far out of what reality turned out to be that there was no way we could have even prepared for what had ha- what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's not I'm, I'm not saying that to to elicit any sympathy because it is exactly what it is. But the fact of the matter is there was no preparation you could be, uh, you could perform. So, you know, my first thought was, you know, one, how do I, how do I talk to her? Because, um, you know, in our household, I took care of certain things and she took care of certain things. And when they took her away, I then had to take care of all of the things. Um, and, you know, over the years I figured it out. You know, I'm, I'm intelligent. I'm able to able to form. I obviously have survived. <laughs> but, um, you know, but that wasn't really my priority because, to be honest with you, at that point I didn't care uh, a whole lot about what I needed to do other than to make sure that she was okay. And, the, and that's why, you know, I figured out when she when, when I got that call from the county, hey, this is, you don't know me, but this happened, then I had, you know, then I had to make a call up here and I <laughs> I don't even know how I got, you know, I don't even know how I got to the right person, ultimately. But I made a phone call. I'm sure I talked to somebody in the EB, and then they transferred me to where, she, you know, to her case manager. And I was shocked that they accepted the call. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't expect it. And fortunately, and I can't even remember who the case manager was at the time, but uh, they were they were re- really helpful. And that's one of the things I have actually discovered about this place. Um, it's like everywhere else. The 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 employees the, the are predominantly, and I would say almost without exception, regular people like everyone else out there on the street, just trying to do a job as best they can in a sometimes contradictory environment. So just know that that usually if you encounter a problem here, it's not because somebody wants to create a problem for you. Most of the time, they want to be helpful and they want to do the right thing. And so, fortunately for me, I was able to get a hold of somebody, and, and she helped me out. And of course, you know, my first thought was, "Well, can I talk to her?" No, you cannot. <laughs> uh, uh, but you know, you don't expect anything like that because we've never been in an environment. Because up, up until that point in our marriage, you know, if you needed her, you picked up the phone and you dialed dialed the phone, and there it was. You know, you, you talk to her. Uh, you know, you get a phone call. You're at work, and you know, she calls you. You call her. Sure. That sort of thing. That was. I don't. No. What, what was the biggest adjustment for you? And I talked about she had things that she did, and you had things that you did. Um, but even taking away the the the, the honeydew list, what were the what was the biggest adjustment for you? Well, the, probably the, the 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 real true answer is the biggest adjustment to me is now in some respects you're a pariah. Um, yeah, that's the wrong term to use, but it's the right term for me um, because. For her, and I'm not, I'm not trying to, 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 to minimize the experience because I'm sure coming here was a horrible, you know, a horrible personal thing. But I'm in the community that we've always been in, and I've got people who won't talk to me 
I, you know, I had a, a good friend of mine, a guy I work with, and I, I work a job where I'm you know, kind of at least reasonably high profile. Everybody knows me. Um, and he was somewhere, and some neighbor of mine asked, he knew I worked with the guy. They knew I worked with the guy, and they said, hey, what do you think about what he did? And my buddy told him, in no uncertain terms, well, he didn't do anything. He's been to court, and they said he didn't do anything. And if he says he didn't do it, that's good enough for me. But that's not always the case. Because when you're, when you're at home, you know, you don't necessarily want to, 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 you know, stand up on the rooftop and crow, hey, you know what, everybody, my wife's in prison. Isn't that great? Because, no, it's not great. And I'm not trying to say it's not a hurtful it's thing. Not. It just it's is not. the truth of the matter. Um, but that's that's the biggest single adjustment. I mean, that's the biggest single adjustment is, is because you go from you go from being one way in the eyes of the community to being another way in the eyes of the community, and um, you know maybe it's fair, maybe it's unfair. I, I can't answer. It, it, it's it's neither because it doesn't matter because that's the reality. And so you walk around, and even among people you don't know, you're always. I wonder if they know. I wonder if they saw this in the paper. I wonder if they saw this on the news. I wonder, you know, and you see people talking, you're like, are they talking about me? And the, the reality is most of the time, no, because people have other things. But sometimes, yes. And sometimes you're at the strangest of places and somebody will come up to you that you barely know and they'll want to talk to you about it. It still happens to me. It happened just not even a few weeks ago. Somebody walked up to me and said, Hey, remember this? Yeah, I really can't forget it. So thanks for bringing it up. Uh, and I mean, I'm not to be—I'm not trying to be crappy about it, but that's the truth. That's the probably the hardest single thing because the rest of it is just mechanics. The rest of it is, you know, I can figure out how to do this thing. I've figured out a lot of things in my life. So we live in a society now that that tells you, you know what? She's she's been in prison. You probably shouldn't be married to her still. Most are true. So, how do you address that? And and, and I guess <laughs> that's a tough question. And the question that they folks listening would probably ask is why? Why? Um, uh, you know, that's that's an answer that's changed over the years. I mean, really and truly, that's an answer that's, that's evolved with time. I mean, the fact of the matter is, the most basic response is is why? Because um, I I was raised in an environment. I work a job where you don't leave anyone behind. You go, we go. If you don't come out, I don't come out. That's the reality for me. Now, that's not everybody's reality. That's just within me. Uh, so that's the most basic answer. But yeah, you know, you're right. You, I've had I've had people tell me, uh, you know, why, why, um, and the answers I've given have ranged from, well, she's already in hell. Why would I make it worse? To, it's none of your business. To, uh, when I married her, I didn't. I didn't just say, well, hey, as long as everything is cool, as long as nothing bad ever happens, people make bad decisions, and um, you, you don't, if, if you don't at least give people a chance to make them right, then I think it's every bit as bad a thing for you, if that makes I don't know if that makes sense, but that yeah. just. What has it been like for you to know that you have a husband who still supports you while you're in here? To know that you have a husband who 
despite the distance and the separation, a husband who still loves you unconditionally. Uh, how has that impacted your time in here? Mm-hmm. Um, there are days when that's what gets me through the day. Then there are other days, I'm sorry, um, but knowing that I know he's going through those things, um, that I feel pretty crappy about it. I feel um, that I have made his life more difficult than it ever needed to be. And when you, when I made the first choice to do what I did to get here, consequences weren't part of my thought process. And you know, we talk about collateral sanctions and that sort of thing that happens when I return. My husband has experienced collateral sanctions the whole time I've been away. You know, the, well, you know, he's staying because of this or the rumors. And, and so that's, that's what's most hurtful is that I got, I got to come to prison because I don't have to face what he has to face right now. Will I have a term to face that? Absolutely. There's going to be a time of adjustment. How do we explain to people where I've been or what's going on and what does that look like? But here, I got to, I wear the same uniform as the other 3,000 people here. So um, when I think about him going through that, I feel handicapped because when we say that, you know, I did certain things in the household, he did certain things, at the end of the day, we were still together. And, you know, that's what's difficult is, you know, my punishment is to be removed from society because I've done something terrible. My punishment, not his. How has this time, we've talked about how the strain that it's put on you guys, but how has this made you love her even more? <laughs> um, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know that if that's. I don't even that that question is kind of a weird question because, I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that ten years later I'm sitting in this room. I mean, and I, I mean, I maybe that's not the answer you're looking for necessarily, but um, the. I, I, yeah, I don't, I mean, I, you know, I'm still, I'm, I'm still walking the walk. I'm still, you know, I, I, I left work this morning, went home, cleaned up and drove, drove all the way up here, uh, you know, and then, and not, and not, and not that it's a super difficult thing. It's not like I, uh, you know, crossed a continent or, or anything like that. But, but the fact of the matter is, is, um, it's, it's not that it's demonstrated that I love her more. It's, it's, it's. Still, yeah, Mm. I mean that's. I think that's a better way to put it. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know because you know people who will be listening to this. I, you know, you can't expect that this is a the best term I can use is like a Cinderella story or Mm. a uh, you know there's there's love conquers all. It's um, it's a story of perseverance. at great odds, I mean that's probably reasonable, um, because the fact of the matter is, is, is even ten years later, it's still not easy, and it still is something that you have to make a conscious decision to do. Um, and so, at the end of the day, the fact of the matter is, is you know, I still, I still, you know, send money for commissary 
put money on the phone so that she can call. I still uh, come up every month to visit. I still do all of those things. And when she asks for something extra, you know, not you know, you know, like this, mm -hmm. then you know the answer is y yes. That's what I will do because that's what you do and that's and I think that's a more realistic definition of of, of a modern of any relationship really and truly is um, it's the length of the sacrifice that you're willing to go through for that person so that they will be okay uh, and that's not the romantic answer that's I think a real answer mm. if that makes sense Absolutely. my husband's not very romantic <laughs> <laughs> no but I think it's so important it to to differentiate the two, well, yeah. um, and, and you know, the, we live in a time that you know everything is either blown out of proportion or romanticized, right. and so it's so important when we're sitting down and having these conversations mm -hmm. for you to be real about that. And and I know I appreciate it, and everybody listening appreciates it. Um, and as we wind down, one more question for each of you: For you, what have you learned about him during this time? What I've learned is that um, the level of sacrifice that he has given to me or has experienced because of me is more than I ever thought any one person could do or would do or would think I'm worth enough to do hmm. because it's been a lot. I mean, it's not just, oh, my wife's been away for this many years. I mean, we've, you know, illnesses, accidents, you know, hospitals, visits, and situations that who should be there? Me, his wife, not his mother, not his brother, you know. So all of those life experiences he's endured. For you, what would you say to loved ones on the outside who have loved ones, spouses in particular, um, or significant others who are, are incarcerated, what maybe advice or words of encouragement would you share with them? I mean, the, 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 first, the first thing, obviously, stay the course. I mean, it's, um, you know, it seems difficult. It seems, it seems like you, everything is overwhelming and it's always one more hurdle. But at the but at the end of the day, when when it comes right down to it, um, the things the things that you saw in that person from the very beginning are still the same things that that, that they have here. They just aren't with you right now. Um, you can't get focused on the outdate. You can't get focused on well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do when you get home? What are you going to do when you get home? Because that's 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 a trap. That's what everybody wants to fall into. Is let's plan what happens when you come home. No, let's 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 deal with what's going on right now. Um, you know, you have to constantly ask yourself: Am I doing everything that I can? Is she doing everything she can? You know, the goal is is for her to do the time here because that's the time that she was given. Uh, you know, whether right, wrong, or indifferent, it doesn't matter. That's what it is. And so take advantage of the time. What do you need from me to support, to support that time? And, uh, you know, you just have to kind of, when, when, when there's a hurdle to communication, 
you find a way around it. You, you know, you, you, oh, well, I can't figure out the email system. Okay, back up. Let's find somebody who can figure out the email system. Oh, I can't figure out the phone system. Back up. Let's find somebody who can. Um, when you come to visit, you know, usually somebody helped me when I first came. You know, when I first came, I didn't know the rules. Uh, I didn't know this. And I talked to somebody and they said, hey, well, if you do this, then this, if you do that, then that, and so on okay. and so forth. Then the next bit of advice I'd give you is more for that next person is, is when you figured it all out and you're in the vis visiting hall and you see that person with the confused look on their face and the, maybe the teary eyes and this is all new and they can help that person out because um, somebody did it for you and you can do it. And even if somebody didn't do it for you, just you wish somebody had. Hmm. Um, the, I mean, there's a blue million little pearls of wisdom I've picked up over 10 years and I'm sure we could sit here and talk <laughs> about all day long. But um, the, the, the other thing is, is follow the, follow the rules. <laughs> follow the rules. Um, they're not hard to follow. They just, you know, do what they ask you to do, and you'll get along just fine. I've never had a problem, ever had a problem in here. You know, um, they, they just, you just have to kind of keep at it. It seems like, it seems like it's insurmountable, but take each little bit as a piece at a time. And before you know it, you'll have mastered this mm. and you'll be moving on to the next thing with this because f for the families left outside, the incarceration is every bit, it, it impacts them just as much, if that makes sense. Mm. And so um, there are all sorts of things that you have to figure out as well. I mean, I know that's confusing. I know I've rambled, but I... Mm. And lastly, briefly, I'll, ask, I'll start with you and I'll let you f close this out. With as much as you have endured in a relationship over 10 years, as much as you've learned, as much of the struggles and the joys that you've had, why sit down and talk about it today? Well, uh, because she asked me to, <laughs> it was the first answer, but that's, that's not entirely the, the, the response. Um, um, because to be honest, as sometimes as jaded as I am about the system, and I, you know I have become jaded about the system, there's there's a truth there. Everybody needs to know that. But that's based upon my experience with the system. I still have a belief and a hope that the system that we have in this in this country as a whole is the right system. And there are injustices. There are things that don't work with it. But there are a lot of things that do work with it. And you know, we talked about earlier recidivism rates, we talked about all of the problems. Well, I think that people, um, people both in here and who are associated with this system, as well as people who aren't even associated at all, have to know that um, the system can work. It is something that uh, is valuable to society. It may not seem that way, especially when you're sitting in the seats we're sitting in, but the fact of the matter is is that I think we all have a vested interest in making this system work for society. Uh, you know, if we can have people who, you know, serve their punishment, but, but not just, it's not just a punishment, but actually return to society and, uh, and become productive members of society, then we're all better off. And so I kind of feel like if I can, through my story, have one person say, hey, um, you don't have to serve time, get out, reoffend, and come back, that, that 
there, there can be a family dynamic that helps support you learning that there's a better way to do this and then getting out and saying, hey, maybe, you know, maybe I get a job, maybe I do this thing, maybe I go to programming on the outside and it helps me to stay out of the correction system, then I think if, 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 if I can help one person with that by sitting in this seat as uncomfortable as it can be, then it's probably been worth my time. Perfect. Um, my answer um, is two things. One, I'm being obedient. God laid it on my heart that this was to happen in some way, and I didn't believe it, and here it is. This is very unconventional. I think we're the first ones, maybe. Um, so I'm being obedient. That was the first reason I wanted to do it. And the second is that there are women here that um, I've shared a little bit about my marriage. And yes, my husband does not respond as romantic, but he does romantic things, and I share things that we've done in our lives and things that seem very normal to us that um, other women don't think are real. And so having an example of, of a marriage um, while still incarcerated and sharing that, whether it's people here or people in the community, yes, this can work and it does work. Just because I've screwed up doesn't make my husband a bad person because he chooses to stay with me. I'm not a bad person. I've made bad choices. So I think that's the message I wanted to share is that relationships still continue just because I've been sent away, um, I still need that support. I still am worthy of a husband that loves me and a family and church family that care for me just because I've made a mistake that doesn't go away. Wonderful. Thank you both for uh, your willingness to sit down and share your story um, with those of us here and those listening online. That'll do it for this episode. Be sure to check back on drc.ohio.gov for more podcasts as we go forward.